0: (laughs) Welcome to Rochambeau, the podcast about unique competitions and the extraordinary competitors that make them happen. I'm Ted. And I'm Kim. And thanks so much for joining us.
1: Onward to today's episode. Let's go full tilt into the world of competitive pinball.
2: Picked up my first machine, which was actually an Adams Family, a Stern
3: Star Trek, Lord of the Rings, Sharpshooter, Terminator Two, Stern Walking Dead, Cyclops, Gottlieb Jumping Jack.
0: My new favorite game is uh, Whodunit. Who Done It. Yes, pinball. I am terrible at pinball. Are you really? Yes, yes I am.
1: That's so weird. I honestly, we've known each other for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I'm confident we've played pinball together, and I just have no memory of you being really bad. Well, Kim. I am really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I was blinded by my own mad skills. Do you know why I love pinball so much? Do tell. Um, It goes back to my early childhood. I grew up in Jersey, and my father was a volunteer fireman, and he used to take me with him to the firehouse when he would go just to hang out, and they always had at least one, sometimes two, pinball machines, and the guys would take out a little stool for me to stand on, and I would play, and my dad would play, and it was just awesome it's one of my favorite memories and was just an incredible bonding experience for my dad and i
0: oh that's awesome uh we never had pinball growing up we were more bumper pool people if that's a thing (laughs) that's not a thing No, but you know that family bonding theme did come up a lot in this episode and it most certainly did with our first guest josh sharp And the Sharp family. Josh is the president of the International Flipper Pinball Association.
1: Also known as the IFPA, and they are responsible for putting on the World Championship Pinball Competition.
4: My name is Josh Sharp. I was born into the pinball universe through my dad, who uh, is a pretty well-known person within the industry and has been for the past 40 years. Roger Sharp. There's a Drunk History episode on my dad. He testified back in the 70s to legalize pinball. If you go back to the history of, like, originally pinball machines, it was tied into gambling and the mob, and there were games back in the day before flippers existed, where it really wasn't a game of skill, and the machines also paid out. There was a stigma associated with it, sort of correctly so, that had to be undone. And there were a lot of laws on the books. I mean, there's still places where pinball is illegal today. Like, I can't remember... Not having pinball in my life. I was born in New York and we lived in a studio apartment and he had, I think, seven machines (laughs) in our studio apartment. So it was it was around. I mean, it was a daily occurrence of, you know, my younger brother and I playing with my dad every day he got home from work. And yeah, I don't know. It's like brushing your teeth you do it every day you know it's it's just been something that's just it's been a part of life
1: that must have been so cool to grow up around that much pinball but my goodness a studio apartment with seven machines uh-huh. that's crazy i live in a house and i've never thought i had enough room for right. a machine but if i did my favorite machine is theater of magic and i oh i would love to own it have you ever played that one
0: no, but ooh. Uh,
1: theater of Magic. Don't you make fun? That machine is incredible. Welcome to the Theater of Magic.
0: What do you like about it so much?
1: Um, so it has one of the best multi-ball modes, and when you're playing a pinball machine, and it's getting you ready for multi-ball, so you're basically you're doing good things, so the machine is collecting balls, and right. then at some awesome moment, it releases them all. Right, right. The way that it collects the balls is in like this magic cube. That kind of Ah. spins around and you can only get the ball in there if it's facing the right way. And then when it's multi-ball time, instead of the ball going in, it jumps up and leaps onto a magnet.
0: It's just... (laughs) That's cool. Just awesome. Do you have a favorite machine? Not so much. Remember Bumper Pool? (laughs) That's right. Yeah. But I bet Josh Sharp does.
4: My favorite game is a very obscure game called Cyclops that my dad actually designed back in the 80s. Yeah, I don't know. It just scratches an itch of... Sort of old school pinball design with new school rules that were ahead of its time that sort of make it really special to me and i'm sure you know him being my dad probably helps with the bias a little bit i can't lie there
0: i hate to break in here but we need to pause for a second because that is damn awesome hmm. and a bit sweet that his favorite game was one that his dad created isn't it
1: it's incredibly sweet incredibly sweet but Ted, I gotta Uh warn you. There is one more part to this very, very sweet machine memory of Josh's. So stand by.
4: But my mom is half naked on the back glass, which is still disturbing to this day.
1: (laughs) No, is her face recognizable to you?
4: Oh yes, and to my kids now, they know it's that. That's. Grandma, because it looks like grandma. And it's like, all right, we're going to go over here now and walk away from this game.
0: (laughs) That is awesome. And a bit disturbing, I can imagine. So disturbing, so disturbing. Let's Um, move on.
1: All right, so moving on. The International Flipper Pinball Association existed long before Josh was ever involved in it. It actually goes back to the 90s.
4: The IFPA was an organization that was created by the industry in the early 90s when competitive pinball's first boom happened. And as pinball declined, the association actually fell dormant in like 96. And in 2006, I uh, had created the first world rankings for players in conjunction with the international flipper pinball association and what we do is we use the world ranking system to make the qualifiers and the the best 64 players in the world advance to the championship we can geek out on this a little bit but it's called
0: there's a lot going on here it's quite intricate and very interesting but in the interest of time and good podcasting let's get to the good stuff what are the prizes so
4: uh It's somewhere between like 15 and 20 grand in cash for I think the top 16 people get paid. And then the winner also gets a brand new pinball machine from Stern, which is roughly five grand.
1: That is a heavy duty prize package.
4: Not bad. Not bad for two and a half days work. This is some serious competition
1: for people. Is there camaraderie that happens or are people... Really just like, I don't want to talk to you, dude. I got to get in my own
4: headspace. Nah, I mean, you know, when you have a group of people, there's people that sort of fit in every mold, but I've been playing competitively since 93. And, you know, some of my oldest friends in the in the world are people that I've been competing against for that long. So it's definitely, I, w- I would consider it very friendly, uh, especially among, you know, those that have been playing for a while. I mean, a lot of our growth has been from new players that are finding the sport. So it's interesting to get that mix of meeting new people at such a quick rate versus having the people that, you know, have been sort of in the trenches with you for the last 25 years. So last year, we had a first-time winner, this, this kid Raymond from Seattle. Raymond is the first American to win it since 2011.
0: Thanks, Josh, for all that awesome info and for a great segue. Let's meet Raymond Davidson, your champion, America.
5: My name is uh, Raymond Davidson. I uh, competed in the uh, World Pinball Championships and uh, I ended up taking first place. The first time I ever played pinball was in my grandparents' basement. They have uh, an old, uh, older pinball machine from the 70s um, that my dad taught me how to play. He played a lot when he was growing up. He would always, you know, play his parents' machine a whole bunch and put up high scores. And he got me into it. And then pretty soon I started beating his high scores. And <laughs> he was like, whoa.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love this kid. But how did he get from his grandparents' basement to the IFPA championships?
5: Um, I had always really liked pinball just from playing um, at, like, pizza parlors and, and places. And there was a big show. It was like a pinball expo in Seattle. And they had a tournament attached to the show. And I figured I'd, I'd enter it just to see, you know, what I would do. And I ended up doing pretty well. I think I actually cashed, um, you know, something like 50 bucks or 100 bucks or something. Um, and so every year after that, I would always compete in at least that tournament. And then as pinball kept growing, more and more tournaments just kept popping up. And eventually I started even traveling, you know, across the nation. And then as of last year, across the world. It's really humbling to be able to compete in the world championships because it's there's no slouches. It's it's 64 of the best people. It's the invitational. And um, it's just, it's fun because it really makes you, you know, step up your game. And you're like, you know, he did that, but I can do that too. Well, that's why I'm here. Like, it, it lets you rise to the occasion and, and you know, really show your stuff. So it's kind of like a a a little separate family where you know you'll see somebody a few times a year but every time you go to a big tournament you know everybody's there and you see them again and you say hi and you know you're all rooting each other on sometimes you have to go against them and you're like oh not you again like (laughs) oh geez like and it's, it's super fun and you know everyone's just there to have a good time Yeah, so this year the World Championships is outside of Toronto, about an hour, so it's in Canada, but I'll be defending my title.
1: This is the first time ever that the competition is going to be in Canada. And Canadian pinball competitor Adam Becker, well, he's been plotting for a long time to get this competition to his homeland.
2: Uh, my name is uh, Adam Becker, and I am currently ranked uh, 29th in the world according to the IFPA rankings. When I bought my new house, the place that I'm currently in now, the, the whole goal was I built a uh, 30 by 64 building on the back of my property and fill it for a pinball machines so that the world championship could come to Canada for the very first time.
1: Oh my gosh, you built it and they're coming.
2: Yeah, exactly. I did exactly what the Field of Dreams says. If you build it, they will come.
0: <laughs> so just how did Adam Becker get his start in collecting so many machines that he could fill a barn with them?
2: At the time, I think I Yahooed something to see if I could buy uh, a pinball machine online. And uh, I found a local distributor here in Ontario, uh, picked up my first machine, which was actually an Adam's family. And it's a really funny story because I remember going to the guy. He's like, all right, so when are you coming back to buy your second one? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't need a, I don't need a second pinball machine, it's in, uh, so I'll be fine. And, and I think it was a month later I went and bought my second machine, and now I'm sitting at uh, 56 or 60 in my building right now. I've been in the hobby now for over a decade. So the first machine was the Adams Family, and then I bought another machine, Terminator 2, because my wife and I finally decided to buy a house, and I'm like, well, if we're buying a house, I I can fit more machines. So I bought the second machine, and then they told me about these auctions that they have, and I'm like, oh, auctions, I wonder what that's about. And so I went into an auction, and I was like, oh my god, these machines are so much cheaper at auction, I should buy a third one, because it's just that much cheaper. And that was, like, the span of, like, three months. And then I found, in my local area, there was a, a league called the Toronto Pinball League, and this sort of was where everything started snowballing for me, was because I went to my first meeting of the Toronto Pinball League, and I'm a generally fairly competitive person, and I played uh, in the league, and I, I found out it didn't suck, so they were like, you should come out and play, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know, like, I just randomly went to an arcade that they went to, uh, but they're like, the, the, the next place that we were going to be playing was at a, a private member's location, which is like a private house, they're like, yeah, just show up to this guy's house, and I'm like, really? Just show up and knock on the door and be like I'm here for the pinball you know what I mean <laughs> but it was life changing because the guy's house was just filled with them so I went into his basement for the very first time and I think he had 30 machines set up and I was just it flabbergasted me. and then I went to the league uh, leadership at that time and I'm like well what do I need to do to, to host you guys and have you guys come up and play my machines and like oh well you need four machines and I'm like oh I could get four machines <laughs> it's continued to snowball from there
1: that is some damn fine snowballing i think the canadians
0: would know a thing or two about that
1: about snowballing because of all the snow
0: yes (laughs) because of all the snow
1: (laughs) okay i see well let's find out what criteria he needed to meet to be the host of the world championships
0: so to be a host,
2: you just have to be willing to put up with, you know, 64 people in your house. Uh, to, in order to select a location, it's more like it's more like we're requesting it rather than, it's more like we, if we can find someone that's willing to do it, then we'll let them do it. It's an invitation-only tournament, and in order to make it a more international affair, what we do is we invite the top two players from every country. After we've given spots to the top two players in each country, uh, we then go down the at-large rankings t- to give it to the rest of the people. So as an example, we have someone from Switzerland who's coming, I think, to their very first IFPA, but they're ranked 5,600 and something.
1: Gotcha. But they're the only one from Switzerland who wanted to come.
2: Exactly. So we try to make it a little more an international affair. Every year, we, they move it around, or we move it around from Europe to North America. So it was in, where was it? It was in Denmark last year, and then the year before was Pittsburgh, and then the year before that was Sweden, I think. So it goes all over the world, which is amazing, and something that no other uh, tournament does.
0: Man, they are serious about putting international in the International Flipper Pinball Association. (laughs) Unlike those liars at Major League Baseball who call it a World Series when, in fact, it's only in the USA and Canada.
1: You got a little bit of baggage there, Ted. I had no idea. I had no idea. I'm working through it. All right. Anyways, it is very nice that so many of the competitors get to actually travel the world doing their favorite thing playing pinball.
3: That's cool. It's just been a great outlet to travel and see the world, which was amazing, now, we've been out to London um, a few years back. It was in Sweden. I was able to go to Italy for a pinball tournament, uh, Denmark, the Netherlands. It's a truly global sport. I mean, it spans across the entire world. Uh, my name is Zach Sharp, and I'm currently the number one ranked pinball player in the world.
1: And if that name sounds familiar, it's because we talked to his brother earlier, and we heard all about their dad.
3: Headline, he helped save pinball. How about that? <laughs>
0: One interesting bit is that his dad was hesitant to let them play because he did not want them to taint his love for pinball, but they persisted.
3: We didn't start competing in pinball tournaments until um, I was 12 and Josh was 14. And it was only because we had to beg our father to play in tournaments year after year. We saw other children playing in a tournament it's like, oh, well, why don't we play? Because he did not want a sibling rivalry forming with something that he holds so dear to his heart, which is, you know, pinball. He didn't want us, you know, fighting or not getting along and or even hating pinball because, the you know, the competition aspect can burn some people out. But we loved it. And if anything, you know, our friendship has grown as brothers throughout the years because of it.
1: Zach lives in Chicago. He works for Stern Pinball. But when we talked to him, Zach was actually in Las Vegas for a pinball tournament in the style of pin golf. Turns out there are many different types of competition styles, but Zach's favorite is good old-fashioned match play.
3: So when you're playing against other people, that's usually my favorite, just because it's a much more strategic So if you're going second, you kind of have a target score. And based on what your opponent does, it alters your strategy. So, you know, you might need to do something more risky if your opponent blows up the game. So I I love that constant strategy of, you know, changing on the fly what you're shooting for, what's risky, what's safer.
0: There's a lot more to this than I ever imagined. Indeed. And family
1: continues to be a recurring theme with pinball. The Sharps were born into it. Raymond played with his father in his grandparents' basement. I bonded with pinball with Uh my dad. It's a family affair. And shockingly, that ties really well into our last segment.
0: Let me guess there's a father and a child. Yep. And they compete at pinball together? Yes. Man, I am good. Actually, I I cheated. I already know about 14-year-old Escher Lefkoff, who recently won the PAPA World Championship. PAPA is another pinball circuit, and the results of PAPA are weighted heavily in the IFPA rankings. Escher, along with his father, Adam, will be competing at this year's IFPA Championship in Canada.
6: I'm mostly Escher's dad now, ever since he won the world championship. <laughs> you know, I won a national championship, but nobody cares. I, I even won the senior world championship the year Escher won his papa. So I am uh, Adam Levkoff. I, uh, I'm about the 60th ranked player in the world. Uh, and and who are you? Uh,
5: I am Escher Levkoff. I think I'm ranked 40th on the ICA website in the world. When I was four years old, my dad took me to Chicago for the Pinball Expo. I said I have like brief memories of it, but I played in the uh, toddlers division and I took second. And I played with a lot of great players, and that really got me into it. And I loved it. It's one of the uh, like best moments of my life at the time. And I wanted to just do more, and that kind of snowballed into me going to as many tournaments as I can these days.
1: That is fantastic. So, there's a toddlers' division in these competitions.
6: There, there was back then. There weren't a whole lot of competitions back then, but they did have a a toddlers' division. Win a stuffed animal. Yes, to win a stuffed animal.
5: My first like big finish with the adults was when I was nine in uh, northwest Northwest in Seattle third and that was uh that was a great moment for me as a competitive pinball player if you look at Escher's profile on the
6: IFPA website there's still a picture of Escher nine-year-old Escher holding his brick of a thousand dollars in one dollar bills that was at the time was ext- very exciting for both of us
1: I'm sure I'm sure considering that the first prize you won was a stuffed animal that's a big difference
6: <laughs> <laughs> the best thing of course is the the trophy that Escher won for the world championship is a giant steel Martian. It's a mold that they made from the uh, Attack from Mars pinball machine, but it's full size. It weighs about 75 pounds and it's the coolest trophy in the universe. We dragged that thing all the way home from Pittsburgh.
1: Very impressive. From toddler division to Papa world champ. I can't wait to find out how he does in Canada this year. And, and his father, Adam, too. I look forward to hearing mm-hmm. if he's going to make his son proud. <laughs> uh,
0: I certainly hope so.
6: Well, I'm a, I'm a little older than the boy. Uh, I remember when pinball was popular the first time around. And I also, I especially remember uh, when pinball machines were in hotels and in laundromats and bowling alleys. This is even before the video game craze in the you know late 70s, early 80s. And so I guess my first memory, I tell this story a lot. My father, it's and you guys are, are in Atlanta now, right? That's right. So I grew up in Atlanta and my father is an attorney in Atlanta and he had this rich client and we went to dinner at his house way out in the fancy part of town and he had three pinball machines in his house (laughs) and I was probably four or five years old and this just blew my mind (laughs) somebody could have a pinball machine in their house and we played and played and it was wonderful and so I, I can still picture that moment and at that time I said to myself man if I ever make some money or be successful when I grow up, I'm going to have pinball machines. Then that came to fruition uh, many, many years later.
0: You know, it's nice to see people achieve their dreams, right? It sure is.
1: And when Adam first started to play competitively, he got major inspiration from one of the all-time greats of his home state of Colorado.
6: Uh, Here in Denver, there's uh, a fellow named Donovan Stepp. He's uh, also a high-ranked player, and he will also be at the IFPA. Donovan grew up in Denver, and his mom owned a skating rink and operated games. And so he's been playing games his whole life. And when I first found competitive pinball in Colorado, I met Donovan on the very first day and watched him play. And it was imagine, I don't know, like playing the kazoo your whole life and thinking that's the only kind of music there is. And then hearing someone on a violin. And that's what it was like watching Donovan play. It was so mind blowing. He would catch the ball. He would hold the ball and cradle up during multiball and play one ball at a time. And it was just the craziest thing in the world. And so really it was Donovan Stepp uh, who got me and a lot of other players in Colorado really interested in it.
0: To some, pinball is just a game, a casual hobby. To others, it's a passion.
6: Uh, and all the modes and all the multiballs and everything just ties together with the sound and the light and the beautiful playfield art. Uh, It's just all these components put together is what makes pinball so special and so much better than anything digitally or anything virtual. It's real. It's solid state. It's right there. And it's so much better than anything online because of that tactile experience.
0: Man, that's an amazing sell from Escher's dad. (laughs) You called him Escher's dad. (laughs) (laughs) I think I need to give this pinball thing another shot.
1: That would be awesome, Ted. I would love to start playing with you. Let's do it, Kim. I'm on it. You know how much I love to play. I definitely share Adam's passion. And in fact, I even told Josh Sharp as much. Um, Pinball is a great joy for me, as I know it is for millions thousands i don't know how many other people it is for me sure
4: somewhere so. between one thousand and millions <laughs> somewhere somewhere between that number in that in that rough
0: ballpark yes yeah exactly
4: exactly we're, we're dialing it in right now
0: <laughs> we should have our staff uh, fact check that number
1: Oh no, I don't (laughs) want anything (laughs) fact-checked. Oh, that was so much fun. I'm ready to go out and play. Let's go. All right, you know that my favorite machine is Theater of Magic. Right. I know that you do not have a favorite machine.
0: Currently. Currently, Although I think I like the ones with ramps.
1: Oh, good. <laughs> that's as
0: that's far as I've gone. I think
1: you will be easily pleased. Awesome. But I'd love to know what our listeners like. If we have passionate pinball players out there, why don't you let us know what your favorite game is?
0: Yeah. Let us know what machine you'd love to have in your house. Space and money provided, of course. Of course. We're not paying for them.
4: That's that's not a thing.
0: Um, And we'll throw up the list of favorites at rochambeaupodcast.com and possibly inspire each other to try a new game. I love it. We'd like to give a big shout out to everybody who made this episode possible. Josh, uh, Raymond, Adam Becker, Zach, Escher, and Adam. If you'd like to find out about a local tournament in your area, go to ifpapinball.com.
1: And we also want to thank Cadillac Jones for providing us with the coolest music for this podcast. You can find out more about them at cadillacjones.com or find them on Facebook. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening. If you have a minute, please consider subscribing to the podcast. And if you have two minutes, Give us a review. That's an amazing way for us to try to get the word out about this labor of love of ours.
0: And tell a friend. Tell two friends. Three friends. Okay. Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Till next time, people. Goodbye.